0: This afternoon our scripture reading comes first of all from Deuteronomy 4 and then from Ezekiel 16 and finally from Ephesians chapter 6. So first of all we're going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 4, the verses 1 through 14. Deuteronomy chapter 4 beginning at verse 1. And now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the rules that I am teaching you, and do them, that you may live and go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal Peor, for the Lord your God destroyed from among you all the men who followed the Baal of Peor. But you who held fast to the Lord your God are all alive today. See, I have taught you statutes and rules, as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples. who, When they hear all these statutes will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it? as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him. And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today? Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children How on the day that you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, the Lord said to me, Gather the people to me, that I may let them hear my words, so that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children so. And you came near and stood at the foot of the mountain, while the mountain burned with fire to the heart of heaven, wrapped in darkness, cloud, and gloom. And the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but saw no form. There was only a voice. And he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, that is, the Ten Commandments, and he wrote them on two tablets of stone. The Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and rules, that you might do them in the land that you are going over to possess. We turn now to the... Prophecies of Ezekiel, when we read from chapter 16, number of verses from verse 15 to 22. In Ezekiel 16, the Lord is speaking to his people as his bride, telling them to reflect on their history, how he raised them up and betrothed them to himself, gave them many good things. And then we read in Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 15, the Lord addresses his people, but you trusted in your beauty and played the whore because of your renown and lavished your whorings on any passerby. Your beauty became his. You took some of your garments and made for yourself colorful shrines and on them played the whore. The like has never been nor ever shall be. You also took your beautiful jewels of my gold and of my silver, which I had given you, and made for yourself images of men, and with them played the whore. And you took your embroidered garments to cover them and set my oil and my incense before them. Also my bread that I gave you, I fed you with fine flour and oil and honey. You set before them for a pleasing aroma, and so it was, declares the Lord God. And you took your sons and your daughters whom you had bore to me, and these you sacrificed to them to be devoured. Were your whorings so small a matter that you slaughtered my children and delivered them up as an offering by fire to them? And in all your abominations and your whorings, you did not remember the days of your youth when you were naked and bare, wallowing in your blood. And finally, we turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We read to verses one through nine. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters do the same to them. And stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. So far, the reading of God's word. This afternoon, we pay attention to what God has revealed in his word about the fifth commandment, Fifth commandment, by way of reminder, is Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And then in Lord's Day 39, it is asked, What does God require in the fifth commandment that I show or honor, love, and faithfulness to my father and mother and to all those in authority over me? Submit myself with due obedience to their good instruction and discipline and also have patience with their weaknesses and shortcomings since it is God's will to govern us by their hand. After the preaching of the gospel, our Amen song will be Psalm 78, stanzas 2 and 3. Psalm 78, stanzas 2 and 3 after the sermon. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, there are two groups dealt with in this commandment those who are in authority and those under authority. In basic terms, you could say the parents and the children. And so the catechism here speaks about the task of you children, you boys and girls, to love mum and dad, to obey them. That you accept and learn from mum and dad's discipline. But then also you parents are dealt with. Not directly so much, but but indirectly. Because dads and mums, this... Commandment this Lord's Day speaks about your good instruction and discipline. And what kind of instruction are you giving to your children? What does your discipline of your little ones look like? Lord's Day 39 also speaks about your weaknesses and shortcomings, failings, mistakes. And this afternoon, we are going to consider both sides. What the Lord tells you children to do, boys and girls here this afternoon. And also what the Lord requires of you parents. And so our theme and points will be, Fulfill God's will for your life by keeping the fifth commandment. We're going to see, first of all, looking up. Honour and obey God's servants. And then looking down. Down in the sense of considering those under you, nurture God's children. And finally, looking to Jesus Christ for forgiveness and renewal. To fulfil God's will for your life by keeping the fifth commandment. Looking up, honour and obey God's servants. Looking down, nurture God's children. And looking to Jesus Christ for forgiveness and renewal. So first of all, looking up, honouring and obeying God's servants. And so boys and girls, you need to think about your parents in a certain way. You need to think of your mum and dad as God's servants who represent God. God wants to rule you children through your parents. When you go up against your parents then you're going up against God. We come into this world as babies. Your children had no say over which parents you were born to. God in His providence, in His control of all things, has made your particular mum and dad your mum and dad. And that's why they have authority over you. And God's command to you, boys and girls, is whoever your parents are, honour them. You honour mum and dad when you consider their words to be very important. That means you listen to them. You pay attention to what they say. The words of your mum and dad should not go in one ear and out the other. Their words are too important to ignore. God speaks to you through them. Many babies in the animal kingdom are able to look after themselves shortly after birth. But with humans, the pinnacle of creation, their babies are dependent on their parents for a long time. It'll be a number of years before a baby is old enough to get his or her own food and even then he'll be dependent on his parents making sure that there is food in the house in the first place. But babies are also very dependent on their parents in another way, spiritually. Your children will not grow up in the right way automatically. It's a nice thought a very attractive one, that children are inherently good, that given the right circumstances will grow up into good people. But God's word which exposes the emptiness of human lies and fantasies teaches something quite different. Babies are conceived and born in sin. They've got a corrupt nature right from the beginning of their life. They will invent any number of evil ways of themselves. But they won't discover the truth by themselves. They need to be taught, trained. Even if our children were without sin, and they're not, but even if they were without sin, they would still need teaching. Just think of our Lord Jesus Christ, who was asking questions in the temple as a 12-year-old. And who grew in wisdom, we read in Luke chapter 2. If even a perfect child needs instruction, how much more those who are inclined to go wrong because of their sinful nature? And children, do you obey your mum and dad only when it's easy and convenient for you to listen? The Lord teaches us very clearly in Colossians chapter 3, children, obey your parents in all things. You cannot pick and choose. Of course, you must never do something if that would be disobedience to God. No one who has authority from God can use that authority to get others to disobey God, never. We must obey God rather than men. For the rest, you must do what your parents wish, even when it does not suit you, even when you think you might be getting less or different than what you think is fair. God calls you to obey them. Submit to their good instruction. Your parents have been instructed to to train you in the ways of the Lord. And so boys and girls, teenagers, make sure that you are teachable. Listen to them as they teach you how to serve the Lord. As they teach you how to dress in a way that honors the God who made you male and female. As your parents teach you and guide you into what is good entertainment and what is not. As they teach you how to be kind to others. How to put yourself last. The book of Proverbs teaches that true wisdom comes from fearing the Lord. But how does a child learn the fear of the Lord? By listening to his parents. Repeatedly, the book of Proverbs emphasizes the importance of listening to your father's instruction. Of not despising your mother's teaching. That's how God would have you, boys and girls, learn to fear the Lord. And boys and girls, ask your dad and mum lots of questions. God expects the children to ask questions of their parents. When Israel crossed the Jordan River, and the Lord commanded them to make a pile of stones as a monument, and the Lord said, that this pile of stones may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? God expected the children to be curious and ask their parents questions. Dad, why do we go to the Free Reform Church and not some other church? Mum, why is modesty so important? Dad, it seems like the free reform churches are stuck in the past. Why don't we become more contemporary in our worship? Why doesn't God just save everybody? Ask your parents questions. And then listen to their answers. Submit to their good instruction. Children, do you love the Lord? I'm sure you would say yes. And show that you love God by obeying the parents God has given. It's not pleasing to the Lord when you give your parents a big mouth. When you ignore what they tell you. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Children, the Lord wants your parents to bring you up. The next generation in His ways. The Lord works through the generations. He doesn't speak to you directly from heaven, but He uses your parents to teach you about Him and how to serve Him. And as you boys and girls get older, then others will be busy with that instruction of you as well. Your teachers at the Christian school, the minister and the elders. First of all, your mums and dads. And by submitting to the instruction and discipline of your parents, you honour God. You acknowledge that God is ruling you through them. When you submit to your parents' authority, you are submitting to God's authority. Keeping the fifth commandment means you cannot be rebellious and stubborn, but you have to be humble and yes, your mums and dads are not perfect. In This Lord's Day, we confess that they have weaknesses and shortcomings. They will make mistakes. They are sinners. And your parents won't always make it easy for you to honour and obey them. But God calls you to be patient with their weaknesses and shortcomings. That means keep doing the right thing. Even when it's clear to you that your parents are not perfect, that they make mistakes, there's no excuse for you to become disrespectful. Peter commanded the believing slaves not only to be submissive to the good and gentle masters, the masters that it would be a pleasure to obey, but also to be submissive to the harsh masters. It's a scriptural principle that we have to obey those in authority, not only when they are good, but also when they make mistakes, when they act selfishly. And this commandment flies in the face of the anti-authority attitude all around us. Thinkers in our society suggest that, that parents should earn the respect of their children. And then they can point to all the bad examples of tyrannical and abusive parents. Our society realizes that parents have weaknesses and shortcomings. But the, the conclusion is, get rid of the whole notion of children having to accept the authority of their parents just because they are their parents. Our society is right. When it says that parents who misuse their authority are wrong, so very wrong. Coming down hard on child abuse is a good thing. It's a terrible perversion when children are made to suffer because of parents who misuse their authority. But then to throw away the whole notion of authority and speak about parents having to earn the respect of their children is to throw out the baby with the bathwater. It's a satanic attack on the church. Satan stands to lose when the children of the church honor and obey their parents. Why? Because then a new generation arises who knows and loves the Lord and submits to His law. That's what Satan doesn't want. And he has many weapons in his armory. Satan promotes his anti-authority message everywhere. Think of how many scriptural values are undermined in the rock songs that fill the airwaves. Right from its beginning, rock music has been associated with pushing the boundaries, with getting people to do and accept what in the past was considered unacceptable, to do the things about which they were warned by their parents. To throw out the instruction they received at home and embrace the seeking of pleasure and doing what you feel like. If it feels good, do it. To the point where this generation's parents are not even giving the warnings anymore. They were brought up with that anti-authority message. But that should be different in the midst of God's people. Where the parents are called to teach their children about the Lord And how to serve him. And Satan works to cultivate an atmosphere in our society which does not trust the wisdom of the past. You can think of modernism. Had the idea that things were constantly improving and that in itself will make you suspicious about the past. It's outdated, out of touch. Parents and others in authority should not be taken too seriously. And then postmodernism has made things worse. Postmodernism teaches you to be skeptical, not just about the values of the past, but about any attempt at all to say that there is absolute truth. Truth is what's true for you, and that's going to be different for everybody. Everybody has the, to do what is right for himself. Another diabolical attack on authority. The Apostle Paul warned about this in Second Timothy. In the last days, he wrote, perilous times will come. In this, he is referring to the days between Christ's ascension and return. And consider some of the characteristics he mentions. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, disobedient to parents, without self-control. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And so boys and girls, when you honour and love and obey your mum and dad, then you bring God the glory. Then you fulfil God's will for your life. It's pleasing to the Lord when the children of the church are not only distinguished from the children of the world by the sign of baptism but also by the way that they then live. Children, you are a light in this world when your neighbours can see that you respect mum and dad. Most people will assume that children are a pain and always naughty. But when you live differently, and you are showing to the unbelievers around you the glory of God, We are focused in on the children. And this commandment extends beyond that. Also, the grown-up children are called to honour their parents. No longer in the sense that they obey dad and mum like when they were still at home. But the command to honour remains. That as adult children, you think very highly of your parents. That you show them kindness and love and faithfulness. That you respect them. You consider their opinions important. That you value their advice. That you care for them as they get older. Congregation, are we still honouring our parents? Even if we have left home. How is your relationship With your parents. The Lord calls you to honor them. In this Lord's Day, we confess that we are to show honor, love, and faithfulness not only to our parents, but to all those in authority over us. There is the authority of the office bearers, there is the authority of the government and the police force. Like with parents, God is the one who puts these people in positions of authority. They are God's servants. Even when they might have been chosen through an election, like office bearers in the church and a government in a democratic country, even then, the authority they have is not dependent on those who voted them in, but on God, who gives them authority. There is no authority except from God, writes Paul. We honor Him when we honor the authorities that He gives, acknowledging His will to govern us by their hand. And God would use also the other authorities for your good. As we read in Romans 13 about obeying the government do what is good, and you will receive praise from them. For he is God's minister to you for good. It's for your good to obey the government. Similarly, with submitting to the office bearers, think of Hebrews 13. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. The office bearers are concerned with protecting you from everlasting instruction. That's why it's for your good to listen to them, to pay attention to their advice, to work with their guidance and instruction and admonitions. In the fifth commandment, God calls us to be humble people. People who accept the authority of others. Drivers who do not speed, obeying the authorities God has given. Members of the church who open their homes to their office bearers, listening carefully to their instruction and heeding their admonitions. And how you honour those in authority over you will also set an example for those under you. The way you honour the laws of the land will teach your children what it means for them to submit to your authority. And the opposite is true as well. Children who see their parents ignoring the authorities over them, who see them dishonour the government or talk down the office bearers, will not be learning how to accept and submit to their parents' authority. How you treat your parents in their old age will be sending a message to your children about how they ought to care for you when you get older. And That brings us to our second point. In connection with this commandment, we also need to look down and nurture God's children. parents when the lord gives you children he gives you by that fact the office of parent from then on the coming of that first child you are in a position of authority and you were given that authority not for an ego trip but to serve those under your authority and the Lord Jesus is our great example in that respect. As we read in Matthew 20, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. As parents, you are called to give your children good instruction and discipline. For they, your children, are God's children. Ezekiel 16 is very striking for the way in which God speaks about the children of his people. In that chapter, God was condemning Jerusalem for her unfaithfulness. He had done so much for his people. He took compassion on them when they were miserable slaves in Egypt. He had delivered them from there and brought them to the promised land, richly supplying them with all that they needed. Such was his love for his people. But Jerusalem had been unfaithful and had misused the gifts she had received from God and used them for idolatry. And then in verse 20, God says, Moreover, you took your sons and your daughters, whom you bore to me, and these you sacrificed to them, that is false gods, to be devoured. Were your acts of harlotry a small matter, that you have slain my children and offered them up to them by causing them to pass through the fire? Did you hear that? God calls the children of his people, he says, They're my children. What have you done to my children? And so, parents, your children are God's children. You are his servants for the nurture of his children. It displeases the Lord when we offer his children to idols, when we give them over to lives of pleasure-seeking, or putting themselves first, or whatever other gods there are in our modern society. Our children must be brought up to serve Him. Scripture makes very clear how important your task of teaching your children is. You need to teach your children about the great deeds of their God for His people. At the Passover, the parents had to tell their children about the meaning of this feast. The Lord commanded them to tell the children about the meaning of the stones at the Jordan River. That the Lord had let the people of Israel cross through on dry ground. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul commands the fathers to bring up the children in the admonition of the Lord. Teach them what the Lord requires, how he wants to be served. The scriptures make clear to parents how we are to be busy with this. Deuteronomy 6 says, Teach the commands of God diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in the house when you walk by the way when you lie down and when you rise up. You need to be busy with teaching your children constantly. When you're in the car, going for a walk, when you're sitting around at home, in the morning and in the evening. Parents need to exercise self-denial Self-discipline. They need to prepare and equip themselves for this task of teaching God's children. Mums and dads, do you ever turn down a social invitation because you need the time to teach your children? Do you make sure that you are making the time for this very important instruction? When our children were baptised, Then we promise to instruct them to the best of our ability in the teachings of the Word of God as it is summarized in the confessions. That's a promise that we made to God about what we were going to do with His children. Congregation, do you teach your children about the doctrines of salvation? Do you speak about those things at family devotion times? And don't be scared of the questions of your children. The Lord expects your children to be asking questions. Encourage them to ask questions. Sometimes children can be turned off asking questions because their parents dismiss them. Just believe. Don't ask questions all the time. Well, the parents interpret the questions as a form of rebellion. Why can't you just be more accepting? Why do you have to challenge everything? God expected his people to be prepared for the questions of their children. When your children ask you, says the Lord, then this is what you shall say. The Lord has revealed the answers in his word. That's another reason why as parents... We must be busy studying that word, digging into its depths so that we might be equipped to answer our children's questions. Congregation in Joshua chapter 4, God speaks about the children asking, what do these stones mean to you? Your children should be able to ask you, Why are these doctrines important to you, mum? Why, dad, is it so important for you that we worship in the right church? Why are the commandments of God so important to you? We need to teach our children not just facts and information, but why the word of the Lord is important to us. Why his deeds are such a comfort for us. Understand well, the next generation won't be taught properly when the preceding one no longer sees the importance of this knowledge for themselves. That's what the Lord warned his people about so clearly in Deuteronomy 4. Take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. And teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Pass on the revelation through the generations. Don't forget it yourself. For once you have, it won't be passed on either. That's what happened in the days of the judges. A generation arose who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. And then Israel left the ways of the Lord. In fact, the Bible even teaches us To think about our children also as our parents' grandchildren. And maybe you've noticed that in Psalm 78, how it puts it. The things our fathers have told us, we will not hide those things from, not our children, but from their children. That's our father's grandchildren. Telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength, and the wonderful works that he has done. In other words, the things that you have been taught by your parents must be passed on to their grandchildren, who are your children. That's how the Lord teaches us to think about our children. He teaches us too that as parents, we have to teach our children not only how to walk in the ways of the Lord, But taking that a step further, how they, as future parents, will have to pass on that knowledge to their own children. So that the knowledge of the fear of the Lord gets passed on through the generations. And so, beloved, your children have been commanded to submit to your good instruction and discipline. Your children have been promised that it will go well with them when they do. How we need to be diligent in teaching them the important things so that our children's keeping the fifth commandment will indeed be for their good. Do you know what your children are watching? Do you know where they are going on the internet? What they are posting on social media? Do you know what they are listening to? Do you discuss these things with them? Do you sit down and talk about the lyrics with them? Do you know where your older children are going when they have their license? Are you discussing these things with them or do you turn a blind eye and hope for the best? See too how Satan attacks this work of the Lord through the generations. He does not want the next generation to grow in the ways of the Lord. He also has weapons in his armory to stop the truth from being passed on. He attacks family time. He wants us to be too busy with other things so that there is not time to give solid instruction to our family. Satan would remove that from us if he can Distract us with all kinds of non essential, inconsequential things. That's why we need to be on guard and protect family time. How many meals a week are you together as a family? And what's being discussed and taught there? Satan attacks the concept of discipline. He wants us to think it's cruel for parents to discipline their children. Children should be able to figure out for themselves what's right and wrong. The Bible so clearly teaches that also discipline has its place in upbringing. Dare to discipline. Do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged is a warning about excessiveness in discipline, not a call to get rid of it. Children need to learn and know that there are consequences for disobedience. God loves his children. That's why he entrusts his children to believing parents, to rule his children through their good instruction and discipline. That brings us to consider in the last place, we need to look to Jesus Christ for forgiveness and renewal. Those who are in authority and those who are under authority must all look to Jesus Christ. The fifth commandment exposes our weaknesses and sins. It reveals how easily we are influenced by the spirit of the age. How easily we are taken in by the anti-authority attitudes all around us with its calling for parents to be faithful in teaching their children, the fifth commandment also reminds us of our weaknesses and shortcomings as parents. Which parent can reflect on these things without feeling guilty about how far short they fall? And that's why God gives us the comfort of the gospel. He sent His Son into this world. Born of woman, born under the law, Jesus began his human life as a little baby, a baby who grew into a toddler and then into a teenager and then into an adult. He submitted to his parents, we read. He humbly asked questions of his office bearers, the teachers of the law and his submission was not without fruit we read in luke 2 he grew not only in stature but also in wisdom he came to know the ways of the lord grew in that and he did all that without sin impatience rebellion in that way too His obedience brings fruit to you. Also to you boys and girls, teenagers. Jesus Christ perfectly kept this commandment as a toddler and as a youth and as an adult too, providing for his mother's care even as he was dying on the cross. That's fruit for you. For his perfect righteousness in God's sight is our righteousness. So that we might know that our failings and sins will not destroy us. That our failing to keep this commandment will not mean that we miss out on the reward promised in this commandment. That you live long on the earth and that's particularly eternal life on the new earth. For he kept it for you, and so you can look forward through faith in him to receiving the reward. When we consider our lives in the light of this commandment, we are ashamed. As children, as teenagers, as parents, as adult children, God, be merciful to us sinners. You have put people in authority over us for our good, but we are so rebellious. By nature, we do not accept authority because we do not want God's authority. How that must make us to cry out, Father, forgive us. Believe in your Savior, congregation, and know that your sins are forgiven. That's why he came to earth and suffered so that you might be saved. He paid for your sins of disobedience and disrespect. He paid for your failings as parents too. Your sins are forgiven in Him. And so you can also pray, God, that He will bless your work of bringing up your children despite the sins and failings with which you do that. For because of Christ's suffering and death, Your imperfections in your work as a parent are covered. And so you can ask God to yet bless. And Jesus Christ does more than just save us from our sins. He also grants us his Holy Spirit. To keep this commandment, we need to be humble. And this he has promised to work in us through the Holy Spirit. Promises to work in us love and faithfulness and self-control. And as He testifies and seals to us every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper, He really does make us share in Himself so that through His Spirit who dwells in Him and in you, you are able more and more to live in obedience, love, faithfulness, self-control. And why does He redeem us from our breaking of this commandment And restore us unto keeping this commandment. For God wants His children to walk in His ways through the generations. Jesus Christ is our Savior. So that generation after generation of God's people live and work under the authority of God. God puts people in authority because He desires us to submit to His authority and rule so that we can serve him as his people, both now and forever. Amen.